The Sokovia Accords, approved by 117 countries, it states that the Avengers shall no longer be a private organization. Instead, they'll operate under the supervision of a United Nations panel only when and if that panel deems it necessary. That was Secretary of State uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross in the 2016 movie Captain America Civil War. It's directed by Anthony and Joe Rousseau, written by Stephen Mar- wait, just Marcus McFeely, whatever. The f- I keep getting the first names mixed up. <laughs> later. And you're listening to AP Marvel episode 61. This is the Captain America Civil War. Civil War, if I may. So we've been spending the past few weeks, we've been talking about the core MCU Avengers. And although the Infinity Saga has come to a close, their actions haven't left a mark on the future of the MCU and on greater conversations and ideological discussions. It's been a little over three years since Civil War came out and put our Avengers against one of each other. Um, With the backdrop of the uh, Sokovia Accords and the two leaders of the Avengers, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, they're caught in not only an emotional battle, but an ideological one. Tony Stark believed in the necessity of the Sokovia Accords, a piece of United States legislation that called for superhero oversight and to keep the Avengers in check. Steve Rogers, however, refused to sign the Sokovia Accords, believing that if signing the Avengers surrenders our right to choose when to engage or disengage in battle. So we're doing a little we're doing something a little different today. Uh, we are doing a traditional debate. Fun, yes. Uh, we're going to be answering the question, who was right, Steve or Tony? Uh, me personally, I think it's been really fun uh, talking to people about this movie because I feel like a big criticism I hear about this movie is that, oh, that this movie's so stupid. Like, one of them is clearly right, but I always hear different answers on which one was right. So... Uh, we got two people on two teams. We got, uh, on team Iron Man, uh, returning guest, David Frank. Hello, David. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. And with you is Thomas Rasmussen of AP Marvel. Yes, I am. And on the other side of the ring, uh, we have team cap. We have Anthony Pion. Hey, what's up? Uh, nothing much, just debating. How about you? Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're here ready to rumble. Sabrina Clark, uh, joining Anthony. Hey, 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 everyone. Hello. We all sound ready and uh, we sound professional and ready to get into a serious debate. Uh, I'm Chuck Todd. I'm here with Rachel Maddow and this is <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, the biggest issues that are. Uh, this is not one of those kinds of debates. No, I'm Chris Compendio, and we are doing a traditional debate. We're, we're not going to be raising hands, going down the line. Uh, we are certainly not going to interrupt each other. This is a debate-ass debate. Have any of y'all been debate club back in school? <laughs> I was. Huh. How'd you do? I thought we weren't supposed <laughs> to interrupt, Anthony. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it was All right. uh, strike, striking, uh, striking a point off of Team Cap there. <laughs> But uh, no, we're going to start by having a five to ten minute introduction of their side. And each team member will go back and forth, rebutting each other's statements and arguments. Each person will get approximately three minutes to respond. These three minutes also include internal discussion. I'm not sure if that's the case anymore since I don't know. I don't know if that which uh, debate method they had in mind. Um, we'll just turn off our mics every time. We're yeah, gonna. totally. Yeah. But um, that's that's my, that's my long-winded intro. Uh, let's figure out who is going to give the first opening statement. Uh, so, in my hand is a quarter, a coin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna flip this coin, folks. You're ready for this coin flip? I'm gonna put it in front of the mic so you can like hear the coin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really Who's excited for this coin flip. All right. Flipped it. Wait, we have to call it. it. Now, uh, who's calling it? Well, I think Iron Man should be head since he's the brains and uh, (laughs) Cap should be tails because that's America's ass. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah, yes, that actually makes the most sense. I really love that logic. I really love that logic. Yeah, is that I feel like Team Iron Man's doing well, even though we haven't started. 
Oh, well, you're correct, Thomas. Not because it's just heads. Yes. Oh, uh, is that uh, if we if we uh, if I remember correctly, who's member A and member B by this doc? Uh, <laughs> I think I believe that'll be David Frank giving the opening statement. Yes, thank you very much. Okay, I am gonna set my phone timer. Five minutes. Again, I'll give you a 30-second warning, but uh, obviously you're going to hear the obnoxious uh, default iOS alarm um, <laughs> when your time is up. Uh, whenever you're ready, David. We all love heroes. We love seeing them leaping into action to save lives. We love to feel like there's someone powerful looking out for us. However, the powerful are not always heroes. When a hero commits crimes in the name of justice, he's a vigilante. When a hero invades sovereign countries to enact his nation's agenda, he's an imperialist. When a hero thinks himself above scrutiny of democratic institutions, he is an egotist. Captain America and his entire team are no heroes in Captain America Civil War, and the Sokovia Accords rightly labeled him as a vigilante who must be kept in check. The Sokovia Accords, supported by 117 UN representatives, are meant to ensure that enhanced individuals not have undue influence on world diplomacy. If a suspected criminal must be extracted from Nigeria, this is for the UN to decide. If a private military organization kills innocent civilians internationally, it's up to the UN to litigate the case. And if there's a known threat to world peace, the UN should decide whether the Hulk is really necessary to end the conflict or if he's an unnecessary risk to public safety. The UN, founded on two key principles of peace and security, is a democratic force for good in the world and quite possibly the least biased assembly of policymakers on earth. Compare them to SHIELD, a private company based in America and serving American interests, previously infiltrated and funded by Hydra spies. Steve Rogers may believe that the UN is made up of people with agendas, but so too are the Avengers. While some problems exist with every piece of legislation, most of history's worst atrocities have been committed by individuals who ignore democratic institutions with no accountability. Enhanced people, by their very nature, possess great power. And with that power comes a lot of responsibility. The Sokovia Accords introduce oversight to prevent atrocities, improve public confidence, and set a systematic precedent for the regulation of enhanced people in a humane and fair way. What you will hear from our opponents today are optimistic, latitudes and buzzwords, appeals to baser emotions, and the invocation of buzzwords like freedom and heroism. What they won't admit is that every human-caused conflict in the Marvel Universe prior to the signing of the Accords could have been prevented by UN oversight. Tony Stark sees the necessity of oversight and accountability and understands that there are only two paths forward, either accept the limitations of the Accords and continue to fight for the benefit, uh, ben betterment of mankind, or reject the Accords and face the legal consequences befitting a criminal vigilante. The choice is a no-brainer. The clear decision is to sign the Accords. Team Tony rests. The rest you do. Um, thank you for that, David. Uh, let me correct myself on the record. Uh, I said you have five minutes. You have five to ten minutes, So, uh, but that was only about three minutes, so you're good, Eat. <laughs> uh, I like to keep it brief. There you go. Um, so, Short Anthony, who's uh, chuckling away over there like some numbskull, uh, you, I believe, have your opening statement. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, and the floor is yours whenever you are ready. Okay, thank you. Heroes are those that go above what an average person is willing to do or is capable of doing. Heroes like our Avengers have, go have gone above and beyond to protect us from greater, more powerful threats. With the Sokovia Accords, Steve Rogers made the correct call. Steve decides against signing the Accords because he believes that he would be surrendering the right to choose. What kinds of actions the Avengers especially would be allowed to take in a given crisis? Ideally, had the Accords not been passed, the Avengers would be able to operate as they see fit. Though this is, has the natural stipulation that the damages incurred would be bestowed upon the area damaged, this also allows the Avengers to deal directly with any conflicts rather than having to take them up with the powers that be under the Accords. Should the Avengers operate under the Accords in this situation? However, the amount of repair that would be allowed after a given conflict would be completely under the purview of the UN, 
meaning that if there was an outstanding conflict existing in a certain region that the UN would prefer to not do business, not only would the victims continue to be at risk, but the amount of cleanup necessary wouldn't necessarily be provided under the be provided should the UN decide it not be. This is directly against what Cap and the Avengers stand for, because they believe that all life should be safeguarded from any threats against which they themselves cannot protect. Although we as a although we as people like to believe that major institutions like the UN promote safety and peace, their actions over its entirety of its existence have shown to not only be ineffectual against rampant imperialism across the globe, but downright military interventionists that have assaulted predominantly poor and brown populations. Look at the five permanent leaders on the UN Security Council, the United States, France, Russia, China, and the United Kingdom. The actions these countries have committed collectively and individually over the past 70 years is enough to cause some concern, especially in the eyes of Captain America. Of those 117 nations that signed the accord, was that, the vote, was that vote the will of the people? Was the choice to create the accords one of collective action or of ruling bureaucracy? Under the accords, people with superhuman abilities are required to become registered and documented by law. This means that any privacy that they would have had in controlling and learning to control their powers would be lost, resulting in nothing but fear from their human peers. This is nothing. Uh, this is something reminiscent of the civil rights uh, movement prior to which blacks and whites were engaging in similar activities separate were engaging in similar activities separate from each other based solely on fear, fear of blending, fear of understanding, and a fear of change. When the world is clearly changing such that different types of people exist, it is morally correct to ensure that each life is being cared for and that equity is reached and, that's, and, the, and the Sokovia Accords would directly prevent that. The requirement to register, uh, register uh, directly to restricting places of business uh, as arbiters of protection, the Avengers would not be good uh, would not in good conscience back a piece of legislation that could not protect a person with superhuman abilities if they are not able to defend themselves. This would quite quickly lead to a schism between those with power and those without because of how legislation would be built to protect those without powers from those with them. It then becomes evident that the government cares not for those who are different because of how greatly they work against them. The great Tony Stark only signed the accord to satisfy his guilty conscience. If anything, it gives him more political power combined with already massive economic power. The courts have no material basis and is not the will of the people. The digital age in which we live is also one that has proven to have great consequences. The data that we release by our own free will is constantly under the risk of being bought and sold by hackers and data, mi data miners worldwide. If the data that we choose to release can be used to create advertisements and movements to radicalize those with which it comes in contact, how would the data that the registered enhanced individuals be mishandled? This kind of risk is irresponsible. And if we wouldn't put ourselves under the kind of risk, we shouldn't attempt the same solely because we were afraid of people unlike ourselves are capable of. The process of registration surrenders the right for enhanced individuals to choose how their data or themselves is being used. The Accords are advertised as a being a way to keep the Avengers in line. If that were the largest problem at hand, Nick Fury, Secretary Ross, and others would go directly to the source and handle the situation with them. Instead, there is no research being conducted, but rather action being taken based on a few major mishaps. How certain are you that the Avengers have no intention of helping the areas that have incurred damages? Are you not aware of the millions of dollars Mr. Stark, may he rest in peace, has donated to help the people who are affected by the results of the Battle of New York, Sokovia, and Lagos, and beyond? The otherworldly threats would destroy our species, but it, is what, it, was the only, it was only the Avengers themselves that have stood in their path. Team Cap rests. Wow, everyone's uh, everyone's resting over here. Everyone's getting mighty comfy. Um, so let's uh, shake it up a bit. Uh, before we go on, I should mention that the Sokovia Accords were also a plot point in Season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, these 
documents have never been like fully defined. It's not like we can like get a hard copy of this shit like for ourselves. I was actually I'm going off wow. of the, the Marvel. Yeah, uh, oh, whoa, whoa, we're all <laughs> yeah the Marvel wiki is yeah oh. right. I'm in the Marvel Cinematic Universe dot fandom dot com slash wiki slash Sokovia underscore records is where I'm at. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to clarify. Like this is a point of order, not like my time. But um, are we talking about the movies, the movies and the TV shows, or are we including the comics? Are not no, including comics. We're talking no, about as it's painted in the MCU, which would include Agents okay. of Shield. Uh, okay. Where apparently they like they were also like collecting DNA samples and fingerprints of all being humans, and they were like yeah. under the, the comics. There were space gulags, so I'm glad we yeah. don't have to defend that. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the comics so, are like a whole different thing, which is what I was yeah. trying to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted other to other dimension. I like want to clarify. Are we allowed to just make stuff up? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It seems like oh, there was a lot of like not. inference there that you can't really like defend based on the movies. The facts and yeah, I I do want to say oh, I, I don't know. I'll say it when I when I respond because I have a lot. You have it say. already in there. So like, are we taking the time like out of our arguments to be like that didn't happen in the movie, or are we just I sort think of that's part of the argument? Yeah, I would say that's part of your your argument. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of responses, um, Thomas. I believe you're up next. You are going to give a three-minute response um, to the team. Yes, I am. Statement. So whenever you're ready, uh, I will start your three minutes. Sure. Uh, well, so I'd like to take a moment to remind our audience that uh, those opening statements were scripted. These responses are not. Um, so it's going to be a little less uh, formal and well put together. With that said, Team Cap, I feel like the majority of that opening statement was a distraction from the actual issue. And I, I wanna go into a couple examples. First of all, um, so you talk a lot about registration. Actually like half of your opening statement is about registration of individuals. Um, that registration is not only not mentioned in the movies, it is mentioned in the TV shows, but it is only registration for those who volunteer to sign up to be doing essentially hero work. So intervening in situations that are not like a personal part of their lives. That is the only case where registration is required. So the registration is entirely voluntary as is sort of committing yourself to intervening in these other situations. So it's a little disingenuous to say that it's sort of like oppressing like all superpower people when they have the choice whether or not to contribute their data. It is also obviously a um, like contained system. There is the possibility of data breach, but like if you want to buy a gun in most places, like, you have to register and that's not an infringement of your right to data because you want the gun. So you are, you're like trading something in exchange for that. And I would caution our audience against feeling too much pity for superpowered individuals as their defining characteristic is not just looking different, but literally having superpowers. These are not defenseless people who are going to be like harangued by people like picketing their home. They, many of them we have seen have the capacity to destroy entire cities if given like full reign. So almost everything about that is slightly disingenuous and completely like tangential to the point of whether there should be accountability for superheroes to do their work. Um, You attacked the UN on a couple of bases. But um, a lot of them were like not actually the UN. For instance, you talk about the five permanent leaders of the UN Security Council, the US, France, Russia, China, and the United Kingdom. And you do point out correctly that those countries in the past have committed crimes, but the UN Security Council isn't those countries. Like they certainly lead the council, but they have representatives sent from those countries. And those countries are only like debating amongst themselves whether you should go in or not. So it is a consensus of several like fractionalized groups that have no history of crime. Uh, also, the main problem with the UN is they don't have enough force to enforce their jurisdictions, and this would be a big solution to that. All right, excellent. Um, with five seconds to spare, um, keep in mind uh, to everyone listening: this is not the easiest thing to do for our debaters because uh, I don't. We never really saw these accords like in effect in the resulting movies. I feel um, so, yeah, a couple times. I guess so. Yeah, but um, 
I don't know. I feel like after everyone is like half the world's dead and then everyone's trying to scramble to put society back together. I'm not sure how much that matters anymore, but we shall see. We <laughs> shall see. Um, love it when movies dick themselves in a hole. <laughs> Anywho, um, we will have another response. Uh, Sabrina from Teen Cap. Uh, are you prepared yes. for three Hello. minutes for your response? Okay. Okay. So thank you, Thomas, for pointing out the fact that registration is not covered in most of the films, um, but is touched upon in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I would also first like to raise the fact that enhanced individuals shouldn't have to register for their data to be put at risk, period. There are definitely ways around the problem that the UN feels um, enhanced individuals are the solution that doesn't involve registration. And as it relates to the Accords themselves, the last act of civil war is essentially our main argument. So as soon as Secretary Ross felt as though Mr. Stark had no idea what he was doing and didn't have the UN's best interests at heart, he went above him. And in doing so, he took on way too much power and was essentially unable to accomplish what it is that he wanted to accomplish smartly and intelligently and well in general. The registration argument is a semantic one and the Avengers are being instituted into the UN or registered into the UN. If the UN truly wanted to keep the Avengers in line, why would they seek to control an entire race of people? Now again, we're not talking about the registration argument, but I just wanted to leave it there. If there really was a problem with how much the Avengers themselves are doing and how above board they seem to be acting, why isn't the UN going directly to them, to the source, instead of creating an entire, an entire agreement that would involve people who do not have these particular set of skills that the Avengers do have? Additionally, I feel like the Avengers themselves have had um, experiences in these places that have informed their decisions in a specific way. And because of that, that is why Team Cap and Steve Rogers as an extension of that, is so adamant against the Accords because the UN doesn't see what it is that the Avengers see. So it's possible for each of them to feel differently on how to take a particular matter, how to handle something that happens that they feel they should be acting towards. But what happens if the UN feels that they shouldn't be going? Just like what Steve Rogers says in the film, what if there's a place that we can go and they won't let us? What then? In that case, the victims of that particular uh, atrocity are left to deal amongst themselves. The ineffectualness of the UN is a significant portion. It's not a trustworthy institution. The nations that are within it are not trustworthy. And so, as Cap would say, the safest hands are still our own. Uh, David Frank, you're going to have three minutes to respond. Right. The safest hands are our own. That's what you said. So Captain America is uh, should have more power to decide what happens in countries that he is not a resident of, that he has no stake in, than literally the United Nations, which is its whole job is to protect the individual independence, sovereignty, and rights of all the, the nations that are signed onto it. Uh, it sounds like what you're saying is that the UN has an agenda but a straight white man from the 40s doesn't have any biases that need to be checked by a more democratic institution. Um, I'd like to uh, address some things that I feel like uh, were not uh, properly defended in the opening statement, um, that uh, you said that there was no uh, will of the people behind this. Um, the, the accords were actually signed as a result of public outcry towards the Avengers and since 117 countries signed the accords, that doesn't just mean that the UN representatives signed them, that means that they were also approved in their home countries, which is something that the US actually hasn't done to many uh, UN agreements uh, in the past. Um, you also said that uh, you, you made an analogy to this being like a, like a big data, keeping track of uh, our information. Um, I think that that is somewhat justified when you have weapons of mass destruction owned by several private companies. 
listen, we've got Tony Stark with Stark Industries has weapons of mass destruction. Shield has the has had the Tesseract nuclear weapons. The Hulk and Vision. Pym Industries have had Pym particles and Giant Man, which could both level a city. Um, and then AIM, Eldridge, Eldridge Killian's company, literally used enhanced individuals to kidnap the president of America. So I, I think that it's sort of warranted that we have some uh, data and accountability for these corporations. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, and, and uh, oh man, nope, I just sort of lost my train of thought. So let's just cut that. I mean, you got 40 seconds, or is that the end of your time? That's uh, that's all I got for now. Okay, well, uh, in that case, we can um, wrap back to just Team 2 member A, so that means I'm uh, going back to Anthony Payone for his response. So, first off, Captain America is not the only person acting in the Avengers. There is Ant-Man, Hawkeye, you know, your, your, your Falcon, your uh your your vision your scarlet witch there are other avengers fighting to protect the planet than just uh captain america um and you're also choosing to avoid the argument that this issue could be solved by creating an agreement with the avengers themselves this is a this is a tertiary this is a tertiary conversation where they create a piece of legislation and it skips actual conversation with the people themselves. Uh, these accords were merely presented to them without any possibility of editing each stipulation, articles attached, uh, anything that would be involved in it. There was no um, foresight um, by the Avengers. Um, and the issue here is that the Avengers are acting without supervision, which as at times cost lives, lives for which Mr. Rogers and the rest of his team are deeply apologetic. Had the Avengers not stepped in, however, who's to say how many lives would have actually died? Who's to say that Sokovia actually would have just collapsed on itself? So again, we ask, why doesn't the UN choose to create a direct agreement with the Avengers if they're so adamant about creating a, you know, a, di a dialogue between them? To ensure that only their power isn't being used, because then what's the uh, what's the claim? That, uh, what is it that they want? Um, and um, you know, going off of the the UN conversation from before, the UN has consistently acted toothlessly against stronger imperialist nations, whether whether it it's it's on paper or it's not. You know, against the US, against the UK, against um, Saudi Arabia. You know, constantly resolutions are passed you know people talk about all these things legislation is passed but to, to deal with climate change wars the israel-palestine conflict but none of their actual actions have done anything to actually mitigate the problem um to the united states the un the un is just a younger brother that it just punches and just makes fun of um yeah um i you know i think a real crux of uh of this is like the Avengers are not uh, afraid of actually having dialogue and conversations with, you know, citizens of countries of of governments of countries, but having a a, a governmental institution that has acted um, inappropriately in the past or has acted um, uh, inconsistently in the past um, is is not only unfair to the countries that the Avengers could be going into. Um, but it is unfair to those citizens um, in other countries that they um, that they're already in, or that they have the potential to help. That's it. Okay, uh, I cannot believe you said Mister Rogers and not St and not Captain Rogers. So, uh, <laughs> because they call him Mister Rogers in the movie, they don't call yeah. him Captain Rogers. Call Mister Rogers, really? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Did you not watch that. this no, movie in preparation for this debate? They always yeah, call I, him I, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> well, Captain out of, Captain. Out of respect for his heroism. Well, I, I, I'm sure he's literally officially a captain. Isn't that correct? Did he get? Did he get like an official like medal or something? In the, the first Avenger, I'm pretty sure. Like he's yeah. he's a okay. he, he, like they literally promote him to captain, so he is a captain. <laughs> At first, he was like show captain, and now he's like for real captain. The captain, yes. That's Captain Rogers to you, is what I'm saying. Thank uh, you, moderator. Well, with that in mind.
Um, Thomas, whenever you're ready, uh, give you as much time as you need to prepare. Uh, just let me know, and I will start the timer for three minutes. Sounds good. Okay. So to start where you started, you said that fighting, like there are lots of other people. This was in response to sort of criticism of Captain America's biases. I think that even Team Iron Man will like willingly give you that Captain America is the best case scenario of the superhero game. Most of the heroes involved are way more dangerous and more unpredictable. Like you don't even have to go so far as Hulk. Scarlet Witch literally is like a well-intentioned person. And because she's new to this whole thing, blew up uh, like part of a hospital and killed lots of uh, Wakandan diplomats. Like that is on her head. Um, and you're talking about like these, uh, how many people would have died otherwise. Like that is on whoever is committing those crimes. Like if a murderer murders someone, that's their crime. We have a justice system in place for dealing with that. But if you try to intervene and end up killing someone else, that is also on you. You are a murderer now. Like the Avengers are like trying to do good, but the number one thing like with do with doctors is do no harm. And that is not the kind of restraint that they have demonstrated so far. Um, and I agree that maybe it might be nice to negotiate the terms of this contract. That is not the world the Avengers are living in. Like this is done after a huge international outcry, the United Nations, again, like the highest body in the entire world. Like there isn't a, a higher level of government. The United Nations came together and said, hey, listen, we are not okay with you guys doing whatever you want to. There has to be oversight. They generously did not say you can't do this anymore because you killed people. They don't even, they don't put them in prison for killing people. They say, if you want to help, that's great. Just let us, like, we are going to have the veto power on your missions. That's all. And it'd be nice to negotiate it. And as uh, Tony and Black Widow say, if they are in the process, they can put one hand on the wheel. They can exchange information. They can urge the UN to send them in. Um, they can get information from the UN about stuff that is happening, which is currently something I don't know how the Avengers do it. The UN has got to have better intel. Um, but if you say no, and then you continue doing hero work, you are an international criminal, and you have to fight off law enforcement the whole time, and your uh, missions are like half as effective. The truth is that like your hand, you might feel like your hands are still the best option, but they are not an option anymore. It is either sign the accords and then work to improve the world, or don't sign them and retire, or don't sign them, become an international criminal and go into hiding. Who gets helped if you go into hiding? The only reason the UN has been ineffective in a lot of its uh, decisions recently is because it doesn't have the military strategy to enforce its decisions. With the Avengers, it would be able to. This is a perfect match in terms of political decision-making and enforcement power. Who watches the Watchmen, if now? Um, anyway. <laughs> um, excuse me. That's the timer going off. Ah, uh, triggered. <laughs> All right. Um, no joke. That is actually like a trigger for when I wake up in the morning. It's an anxiety-inducing. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> sincere apologies. No, 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 no. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's a mild trigger. Right. Yeah. And um, also remember, um, I this is really mostly up to you, but I feel like a lot of uh, this this was definitely a theme in Iron Man two and the and um, Avengers one, where I felt that enhanced individuals and specifically armor in iron man 2 they it, they kind of became an arms race and that's where kind of uh that's what the whole senate hearing was for in that iron man 2 scene um when the government's literally trying to step in and then when whiplash comes and attacks them on the racetrack that's the government being like yo it's happening like we gotta get control of this so um definitely feel free to mention any pre any Are you helping us put your thumb on the scales uh you know what i'm just saying because that the, those can help either side i feel um but mm -hmm. the side we're going back to is team cap so we're gonna have sabrina whenever she's ready do a three minute response after that we're gonna take a short break before we um get to our final arguments and then closing statements so sabrina let me know when you are ready okay give me one second okay so Thomas, as you said, the Accords offer the Avengers a chance to inform those above them and influence decisions. That's exactly what Tony Stark attempted to do and influence the decision-making pro process and then what happened. Secretary Ross got fed up with him and walked away, leaving Mr. Stark to go rogue. 
And now we've learned that the UN won't negotiate, especially not with the terms of this current accords agreement. But if the UN won't negotiate, who makes the decision to go into, say, Sudan, where there's currently a revolution going on? Who would the Avengers be tasked would would the Avengers be tasked to go in and help at all? And who would they be going? Who would they be sent in to to help? The people or the military police killing civilians? The UN would say they just want peace by any means, whether that means to silence a revolution, to silence an actual revolution, or to help the people on the ground. The people on the ground, the citizens, and the civilians of a nation are the go-tos for intervention, which is exactly what Captain Rogers would want to keep in the forefront of his mind. Now, let's say these accords go on and Cap were to walk away. Think of a firefighter, okay, who has decided to step down from his job for any given situation. There's a fire. There's a fire going on. Is he not supposed to help those involved? Is he not supposed to find any way to assist? Not obviously run in without any kind of any kind of protection or proper gear, but that would be incredibly irresponsible for him, who is knowledgeable on the goings-on, to just be a, a passerby and allow all of this crisis to occur. Let's say the UN had been sanctioned to intervene in Lagos. Scarlet Witch would have made that mistake, and then what would the UN have done in that situation? Then go on record and say that the whole mistake was on them? That entire argument hurts their optics. And it's incredibly impossible to believe that they would actually do that in good conscience. Instead, they would probably do something like this and try and put the Avengers on the back burner, on the back seat, and handle things the way they would like to. Because they're too afraid of weapons of mass destruction, like Wanda Maximoff, who is a human being with superhuman enhanced abilities, who has the opportunity to learn how to use her powers. The same way, the same way we teach people in the military to learn to learn how to use weapons of mass destruction that we provide them. It's the same case. If the Avengers can learn how to use their powers, so can enhanced individuals. And the Accords just wouldn't make sense in that situation because it wouldn't allow them to do just that. All right. A lot of these arguments seem really bizarre to me. Um, you're suggesting like some real world examples of difficult conflicts and saying that because the UN doesn't intervene in them now, um, we should just let a private organization like the Avengers do it. Um, I think something that demonstrates the clear biases in the Avengers is the events of Captain America Civil War. Um, when Cap is going after Crossbones, uh, they're doing so because the bioweapon that he's stealing is a threat to the United States, not because it's you know a threat to human lives or whatever. And you can see that it's obvious because he tries to intercept him there rather than, you know, uh, observing and reporting the, the incident and then going after him uh, once he's on neutral uh, territory away from civilians. Instead, he goes after him right near civilians. And then because of his personal uh, insecurities, which are well known by the enemy, uh, he gets the upper hand on him and ends up, uh, you know, launching this explosive. Um, if you're talking about like the Sudan or the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, um, I would say that the Avengers and uh, specifically Captain America would serve American interests. So I don't think that it's uh, it's any noble act to say that he would uh, act on his own personal moral code. That doesn't uh, make me feel any better at all. Um, when you talked about the opportunity to, for Wanda to learn about her powers and said that she was a, a nuke who should have the right like anyone operating nuclear weapons, well, you don't have the right as a private citizen to operate nuclear weapons and learn how they work and test them on uh, on grounds with civilians around. Um, you have to you have to register any uh, weapons of mass destruction with a government, a governing body. Uh, I just think that generally, like the, the argument about the firefighter, it doesn't really make any sense. Consider that it's an off-duty cop. Um, you know, like an off-duty cop not wearing a uniform getting involved in a tense situation, even though he might know all of the best things to do, could actually escalate a situation far beyond where it's supposed to be. Um, I, I, I really just think that uh, you're focusing on the 
the human rights aspect of this uh, in, in terms of what what a human has a right to do as a normal citizen, but you're not thinking of this as a job. Uh, being a hero is a job and there needs to be actual regulation. The same way there needs to be regulations on cops oppressing people or military oppressing people, the same way that the UN uh, is supposed to be uh, protecting world peace. Did I go over? No, you're good. Um, right. Uh, strong... Didn't say 30 seconds, but it felt like a long time. <laughs> strong words from David Frank. Uh, so I will give Anthony, uh, whenever he is ready, three minutes to respond. Three, two, one. Team Cap would not sign the accords as is. Additionally, the UN is unwilling to negotiate the terms further. Conversation is necessary, and there seems to be nothing from the UN. And also, uh, going back to kind of like the, the tackling of the real-world issue stuff, you know, the MCU is based off of real-world stuff that existed during the years in which the comics were originally written, and also when the films are also being made. The UN is a real-world institution, so real-world events are an accurate comparison. And I disagree with not focusing on the human rights issues. It's incredibly necessary to understand the socioeconomics and human right human rights issues of our society. World peace comes with protecting human rights. So in making this argument more robust, it's important that we place the rights of the individuals at the forefront. You look at Wanda Maximoff and see a machine that needs registering before before operation and rationally assume that she's testing out her powers on civilians when it's quite clear in Civil War that she had been working on using her powers in a private space like that of the Avengers compound. Mistakes are made, and that's what happens with humans, even those with enhanced abilities. Asking you at like we you guys ask for checks and balances, but are completely unable to establish that by creating a dialogue with the heroes, it is possible to create that. Team Cap understands the need to be more careful and wiser about what they do when where and where they are sent. But if you're unable to uphold just what you're preaching, how can we trust that you would uphold what we would be signing? I think it's important to clarify that we never said that using issues to compare to this was not a good idea. That is a straw man argument. What we were saying is particular real world issues are bad examples of Avengers intervention. The Avengers wouldn't go into a civil war because why would they be deciding who should win and who should lose? Or if they're only there on a humanitarian basis, whose lives are they saving at whose expense? The reason why the UN doesn't interfere in civil wars is because there are two sides who genuinely feel that they are right. And arbiting that decision of right and wrong is a very egotistical move, especially when one of them is going to end up being a government of a country. Uh, where it's more likely that Avengers would be deployed and should be deployed is into individual instances like natural disasters, um, sort of terror attacks or attacks by groups of like armed people who are not who do not represent part of a government terrorist groups in general things where the government of the country says we don't want this to happen but we don't have the power to stop it ourselves in those cases it is better for the avengers to get the permission of the government of the country they're going into rather than unilaterally sweeping in on their jet and messing things the way that they want to mess them up um, and of course, human rights are important, but none of them are being infringed by this accord. It is voluntary. You can sign and then you have to abide by its regulations or you cannot sign and live your life. Go get a job. Be Jessica Jones, the detective who generally doesn't use her strength. Um, and in the case of Wanda Maximoff, the Avengers are the ones who decided she has trained enough and she is ready for live combat. They should not be making that determination. Yeah, like people make mistakes, but when you make a mistake that gets people killed and obviously like make such a big decision to send um, someone who had not had sufficient training and has incredible power into a serious like tense situation, that the consequences of that decision are on you unless you are part of an established democratic governing body that makes these kind of life or death decisions based on the uh, consensus of their member states and the authority given to them by the people who have agreed to be part of that compact. And if you think that the United Nations hands you a deal and you can just say, ah, it's a bad deal, give me a better deal, then you're an egoist. It's the United Nations. Like, 
why do you think that your ability to intervene or CAP's ability to intervene in foreign countries as he sees fit is something that you can like retain after this deal is put on the table? It can't be. Right. Um, so before we get into closing statements, we'll have uh, Sabrina with one last argument for another three minutes whenever you're ready. Firstly, just to address that uh, quick Civil War point, the general one, not the, uh, not the movie. Uh, we don't think it's fair to say that there are only two sides to a civil war because there are other people and other factors that become affected when the sides of a civil war, however many there are, end up fighting each other. There are other people at stake and other lives at stake. Beyond that, the Korean War was a civil war and South Korea was itself supported by the United Nations. And so the UN had then set themselves up to be okay with participating in a war, a civil one at that. And so, Thomas, like you said, because it's the United Nations and CAP would not get the chance to operate as he would like, that's partially the reason why he wouldn't sign it. One, because he wouldn't have the opportunity to even make his case because the United Nations would have already ruled him out as an option, as being, um, as being able to actually present a decent argument. But also the fact that CAP not being able to operate as he would like to or engage in some sort of dialogue with the UN that would allow him to essentially make the case for them going into where they need to go would mean that he then returns to being the show monkey from the first Avenger, pleasing his masters in any way before begging them to send him on a real mission. So I'm not really understanding why there would be any appeal to him signing a document when it would probably lessen his opportunity to speak out against the things that he feels are incorrect. So how are the Avengers going to be certain that the issues that the government sanction go along with what it is that they uphold? When you force them to fall in line with a larger power, which they would be doing by signing these accords, they lose the, re the exact reason they became heroes. They become then exactly what they chose to fight. Institutions attempting to find ways to solve problems that are only hurting them and less about the civilians that they affect. The Avengers exist because they are trying to do better in the world, and they are not here to attempt to hurt other people. We have already mentioned the fact that there are some actions that have taken place where there have been larger repercussions beyond our control. And we understand and appreciate the need for some kind of checks and balance system. But as the accords sign, as the accords stand right now, it would not be in good conscience for us to sign them because of the fact that they do not represent what it is that the Avengers and Team Cap stand for. Say that you want checks and balances for the Avengers, but I don't think that you really do. It seems like your concern is that they won't be able to do the interventions that they've already done, which if we go through the, the past movies, have all resulted in really great things. Um, we, for example, we have Iron Man killing terrorists in the Middle East. Um, you know, we don't know anything about what the like specific uh, interactions in those countries were. In Iron Man 2, a foreign agent is hired by a private company in the U.S. to create weapons of mass destruction before being co-opted for a terrorist attack. In Iron Man 3, a private company tries genetic experimentation and enhanced individuals kidnap the president. Um, in Ultron, a private individual builds a massive system of robots to try and protect the world, then installs a self-aware AI that tries to destroy everything. This would have been stopped by the Sokovia Accord stipulation about uh, artificial intelligence. It prevents artificial intelligence from being developed. It prevents uh, a certain amount, extents of uh, human experimentation, which would prevent uh, a ton of the issues with the uh, arms race of enhanced individuals that we see in Civil War. And then what's really helped by uh, the, the Avengers intervening in Civil War? I mean, if they never intervened, nothing would have happened. It just would have been that uh, Bucky either would have been killed or arrested. Uh, you know, we can hope that he would have been arrested peacefully, but he was a military agent for uh, Hydra. It's perfectly reasonable to try and take him in dead or alive. Uh, as far as, you know... Sovereign borders, like, these are important things. We can't just have the UN uh, taking them out for no reason. You brought up 
South Korea, that was a specific case where a the, the North Korean dictator had weapons of mass destruction and threatened other countries surrounding it with nuclear annihilation. I think that's a pretty good time to take sides. It's not exactly a, uh, a one-sided uh, or, or a two-sided civil war. Um, basically, when you take it down to its core elements, uh, the Sokovia Accords are meant to stop U.S. imperialism in, in foreign soil because the Avengers, S.H.I.E.L.D., and most of the enhanced individuals are U.S. assets. And so if you're totally comfortable with private institutions working on their own accord, as opposed to a democratic institution like the UN, um, that's up to you. But uh, as for me personally, I think that a, a, dip, a democratic institution gives more opportunity for revision later on to fix some of the, the legitimate problems that you've uh, brought up in terms of registration and, uh, and, and data. But a private institution, no such uh, no such methods of changing things in the future. So uh, uplets for you. Um, really relaxing ringtone from Apple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Closing savings, correct? What we've clearly heard from Team Cap here today are distractions, red herrings, and assumptions that border on dishonesty. There has been no discussion of accountability, of the rights of the people, and of law and sovereignty. We decide what is good and what is bad, not by who took the action, but by what that action is. Across the world, we are not in the business of allowing lawbreaking by otherwise very helpful individuals or excusing international incidents because of good intention. The Sokovia Accords could simply read that all enhanced who cross national borders, commit violent acts, and cause deaths, should be rounded up and jailed. They don't do this. The Accords could even prohibit enhanced, enhanced peoples from intervening entirely, making it a crime. They don't do that either. The Accords allow heroes to put their skills to use, helping the world and saving lives, just so long as the people allow it on a case-by-case -case basis. As Thaddeus Ross says, this is the middle ground. This is the good deal. But Captain America thought that because he's special, because he can lift a magic hammer like Excalibur, now he's king of the land, deciding for himself which laws to break and which lives to take. The UN Security Council is made up of a large assortment of country representatives appointed by democratically elected governments who are accountable to their citizens in a way that enhanced peoples cannot be. Systems are designed to be resilient to corruption, whereas many people weighing in on decision will have their decision-making power tied to public support and approval. Even if bad individuals exist in these systems, leaving enhanced people to their own devices assumes that no one of them will be a corrupt or self-serving person an assumption we already know to be false in this world. This is the law. This is the way we as a society have agreed to do things. To be against the accords and in favor of unlimited private autonomy is at its core anarchist. I hear you call into question that this system is the right one to hold this power with no basis whatsoever for this criticism. By being above national governments, the UN is nonpartisan in a way that no nation could be. By having so many representatives, the UN hears more perspectives and makes more informed decisions than any individual. We hear you say it's too restrictive, but as we see in the film, the UN can and provide deployment commands retroactively. Steve is given the option in the movie to make his pursuit of Barnes legit after, after the fact by signing these accords. We have also talked a lot about how the UN could make bad decisions, but every example from both sides that have come up today of UN decision-making has been on the right side of history. It's not a coincidence. The UN is the correct body to hold the power to intervene in international waters, in international borders. Across the world, the UN is who decides how governments handle sovereignty, handle crises, and humanitarian issues. Historically, the issue with the UN has been that no one will listen to them when they issue decrees and proclamations, but that is not the offer on the table here. 
They are not offering to launch a decree. They are offering to deploy the Avengers, who, once deployed, would run their missions the way that they see fit, with permission and cooperation of the world governments, including the government of countries that they go into. The benefits for the Avengers in terms of the good that they could do with the enhanced intelligence of the world's governments, with cooperation of local authorities, and with the ability to have high, um, foreknowledge of the situations they were going into, would incalculably improve their effectiveness at saving lives and making the world better. This question is about whether someone's freedom should include the freedom to commit crimes to unilaterally decide who gets help and who doesn't. That is not a true choice. The only way that our world should deal with enhanced people is through regulation and accountability. And the Sokovia Accords are the only solution put forward to do that. Team Iron Man rests. To conclude, the actions of Captain America and his choice not to sign was correct. Villains will not act according to the Accords, just as the U.S. has not acted according to real U.N. resolutions. Steve Rogers understands the need for some type of oversight to avoid the misuse of powers. He is the pioneer of observing a situation and attributing specific action once all knowledge has been obtained. When it came to Sergeant James Buchanan Barnes, Captain Rogers made it clear that he was not in control of his own mind, but that one helmet Zemo was attempting to destroy the Avengers from the inside. Mr. Stark was then forced to default his power to Secretary Ross, who, unaware of all sides of the situation, iced out Mr. Stark, completely knocking his if we have one hand on the wheel, we can still steer argument out of the park. After realizing that Captain, Roger, Captain Rogers was correct, Mr. Stark went to aid him, finally seeing that the council did not, in fact, have everyone's best interests at heart. Not only that, but also that they are rash and irresponsible in attempting to contain an issue about which they have little information. And even though Sergeant Barnes had been detained, Zemo was still able to get to him, furthering the issue rather than nipping it in the bud. Opposing counsel earlier mentioned that the Avengers don't get to negotiate with the UN, but must instead essentially remain silent and allow them to do whatever it is that they feel is necessary. We've seen how that plays out, and opposing counsel's own Mr. Stark chose to go against that. If the Avengers don't have the right to negotiate the terms of an agreement that directly affects them, what would make us, what would make us or our clients believe that they would even stand a chance to negotiate where they can be sent and how much aid they can give. Missions rarely go as planned. And this is what the Avengers are willing to work towards fixing. But if the UN is unable to work towards that by adding necessary articles and stipulations, the moral authority then comes down to a faulty system that doesn't do what it was enacted to do. It makes heroes less heroic. Essentially why we care about heroes because they are doing things others wouldn't do, much like few people are stepping in to do in Sudan. Like, the actions of the military government is horrific and violent, and action should be taken to support the working people there. This is a real-world conversation, because this is a real-world action required of people. And if it happened in the MCU or something to that effect, some action should be taken into account by our heroes. If the UN is only willing to intervene in civil wars involving weapons of mass destruction, they've let down the people they claim to protect. And Captain America would never, in good conscience, agree to that. As our dear captain has said, my faith is in people, individuals. And I'm happy to say for the most part, they haven't let me down, which is why I can't let them down either. One additional note, we forgot to say that Scarlet Witch knows more about her powers than the UN. So how can you have a body that claims to know more and give a power, give that much power to an institution that is supposed to be protecting people from a different group of people when they aren't even informed fully on those against whom they're trying to protect? Team Cap rests. Right, and we have a special surprise guest. Uh, Boris oh, Johnson, oh, oh, oh. Prime Minister of the UK, is here to give. Boris, what would you like to say about this? <laughs> um, 
I can't do an action. Oh, nothing? Okay. Action, no. Um, no, he's, oh. he's flying away now. So. Oh, my God. Bye-bye, uh, Boris. Yes, here. Bye-bye, uh, Boris. Five-minute closing with both he's teams so thanking good. one another for the great debate. So uh, I want to hear some thanking for the great debate. Thanks, guys. Thank you for thank, the great debate. Thank you for the great this debate. This was genuinely yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for having me. I was, oh, it was, I so was fun really excited to, to come and help you out on this one. It was Pleasure to so have fun. You, David. Sending a high five through the Discord. <laughs> uh, so can I they plug debated. my plug my plug? Uh, let me let, well, let me just get they they debated and you decide. Uh, we'll probably have a poll on cool. Twitter. I, I think um, not that there'll be um, you know not that it's a definitive. Hey, since you guys won the poll, that means you definitely are correct. Um, I don't know. We need uh, Mitch- well, exactly what that means. We need, we need Mitch McConnell to do some uh, voting reform on Twitter polls. So uh, I want some. Be, uh, I want some gerrymandering on Twitter polls. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Russian bots are going to attack our Twitter poll, but uh, well, that's all from us from episode sixty-one of AP Marvel. You can follow me at Compenderizer. Anthony, where are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at the Pizza Taco. I'm also not on Twitter that much, but if you at me or DM me, I may answer. Every time I ask that question, it's always like three times as long as I thought. I think your answers should be. Come on, but, what do you uh... think? <laughs> Sabrina, where are you on Twitter? Hey gang, you can find me on Twitter at Sabs Clark. That's at S A B S C L A R K E. Excellent. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot. So. <laughs> uh, Thomas. 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 Thomas on Twitter. At Thomas underscore <laughs> AP Marvel on Twitter. Awesome. <laughs> David Frank, <laughs> uh, what you got for us? Uh, yeah. Hi. I'm David. In case you didn't know, uh, I am on a podcast with my cousin Hannah, who's also been on this program. Uh, we're at Talking Tropes. Uh, the, the podcast is called Talking Tropes. We talk about tropes and cliches in TV and movie writing. And uh, you can find us at, at SoundCloud at Talking Tropes, on Twitter at Talking Tropes, or uh, anywhere the podcasts are distributed at Talking Tropes. Um, right now, we are doing a, a recap of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra um, called Avatar The Last Korra, where we sort of compare them and go episode by episode through it so go check us out awesome um you can follow ap marvel on twitter at ap marvel we're on facebook uh we're on instagram we are on youtube you can uh, subscribe to us on itunes or google podcasts or spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts be sure to give to our patreon campaign so we can uh we're gonna actually get some get some guest pieces out there uh in the near future uh we have the funds and we're gonna have we will uh, buy a better fun. catchphrase no, that's terrible why would i that's a no that's bad catchphrase it's very bad catchphrase. um anywho uh like like us, us like us on all of our yes. our social media uh do the uh, rate us on all your social media accounts as well. You know your 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 Apple Podcasts. Give us those nice juicy five stars, and maybe leave a little review so we can see it. Let's think about how. Yes, and please use the word. The word what? I couldn't uh, hear. It. Maybe use the word moist oh, yeah. if you'd moist. like to. Um, oh my great god. Word. Uh, anyway, thanks to Charles Villanueva for his graphic design for his uh, video work. Uh, we've been paying him to do this graphic design for us. Uh, we will be kind of uh, transitioning out of using him and kind of uh, getting our own shit together. So we thank Charles uh, so much for his work. Uh, he's also uh, the, I believe, one of or the EIC for MCU Exchange, which is actually where I got my start. And he also does work with Marvel News Desk, which is where AP Marvel started. Uh, thanks to Steve Maltor for the track Jazz Avengers, and thanks to all of our patrons. And I guess check back next week. Uh, we like planned out the whole summer, and this was kind of the end of that planning. So who knows what we're gonna do next? Uh, next, next week we'll that's do. It. Um, that's what we'll we're do, doing. We'll we're, do, we don't, uh, you don't know what it is yet, we'll do, but it's Phase Four or Phase Five. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna do. Um, we're gonna do debates. Um, Hobbs versus Shaw. Hobbs uh, v Shaw Battle Royale. Uh, 
Yeah, Dawn of Justice. Oh, Dawn of Justice. Uh, and no, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie. Dawn of Justice again? <laughs> uh, oh, Hobbs and Shaw. I'm making a joke. I okay. Uh, that joke did not register to me, so I'm gonna ignore it and end the episode. Goodbye. Goodbye, and everybody. You. Yeah. Bye. 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 Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.